Hi, welcome to Baby Movements, birth to 24 months. I'm sure you're curious every day about how your baby is moving and developing. I am going with my 99 super baby secrets. These are super baby secrets that I've developed over the years. I'm Michelle from Movement Lesson. I work with infants around the world and I've developed some formulas, including the newborn movement assessment, but I've developed these 99 super baby secrets so you can get a feeling of where your baby needs to go because there's a lot of little missed movements and tricks that you should know to help your super baby. Number six, and if you haven't joined me yet, and this is your first time here, go back please and start at number one. This is probably my ninth podcast into the series. And I also complement it with Facebook, Baby Movements. It's a group that you can join and keep on track with your baby, ask questions, interact with me, post videos to see where your baby is at. If you feel that you're starting to have a special baby or you've gone through birth trauma, then I really suggest that you go into my private group, Movement Lesson for Parents and Practitioners. That is my modality and I can help you with your baby there. Super baby secret number six out of the 99. Every super baby needs a healthy, strong cry. Now I get it. That seems obvious. We all think of a baby coming out of its mother and a doctor encouraging a nice, healthy cry. We don't think much of it. The cry is really important and you also don't want to impede the cry. I'm all for pacifiers. My one son went forever. My other son didn't take one. But don't stop their voice. There's a cry that goes on in newborns. There's a several things. People think, yes, it's a language. I get it. If they have a dirty diaper, if they have, um, you know, they're hungry, they're tired, they have a certain cry that goes on for these different mechanics. But half of the cry or what they're doing is, is more like a bark. You know, they're getting to use their lungs or getting to use their language. They're, they're working with that. What goes into a cry? If you've listened to number four and number five about breathing, now we're going into the cry. So the crying is there really to establish a couple of things. One is the beginnings of the push-pull milestones. We have many milestones that we work on that you don't think about that require a push or a pull. Whether it's from typing on the keyboard, right, or opening the front door, you don't think about it that that door doesn't knock you over. But if you're a child with cerebral palsy, that's one of the hardest things to master because the push of the door and the doors force back on you because of the lack of rotation within your body comes back as a very strong force where you and I regulate that within our bodies, especially the spine. The second you touch something, your spine and, and other systems within the body regulates how much force we have to put into it, but also how much momentum we can take back. That starts at the cry. The cry, think of you putting air into a balloon. You're putting air in. Well, you don't want to put too much air in because a balloon will pop. And you don't want to put too little air in because the balloon won't, it'll just lie there. It won't, it won't bounce around. You know, we're looking for that little where you can just touch it. And it kind of floats in the air. It'll float more obviously with helium, but we're just talking about putting air into a balloon like we're putting air into our lungs. That breath, you and I again can go <gasps> and take a deep breath. Well, how babies do it is through their cry. Their cry is there to allow that force to happen, right? And, and for their bodies to feel that kind of force. You will see a problem with that cry, which unfortunately I've worked with 
quite a few kiddos that have been born that were addicted, right? The, the parents or the mother had um, methamphetamines and so forth into their system and they're, they're born that way. They have a machine gun cry, like a <laughs> So as you can hear when I do that, or if you were to do that, you don't get a full breath cycle. You don't get that force. The inability to regulate that force comes into play later. Autism, ADD, let's say, are part of the reasons why that they're doing that is because they have so much force in a sense, but it can't be regulated, right? So you'll see them bouncing or jumping and so forth, and you want to say, calm down. They can't expand that force and they can't collect that force. Force goes both ways. It's not just me throwing a punch. Even if I were to throw a punch, let's say, if you're thinking of force that way, yes, my power goes into you when I hit you, but at the same time, your force goes back into my system. Now, if I was punching you and you were a fighter or very muscular, let's say, you would block that force and give it a lot back to me. If you're not used to being attacked, if you're not used to fighting, and I say that lovingly because, you know, uh, fighting is, is quite an interesting pastime. Uh, I, I really, uh, I don't do karate anymore. And that's one of the biggest things I miss is the Friday night fights. And so you play with that force and you learn to use it. We do it all the time from picking up a coffee cup. But that cry is the beginning telltale signs of a baby's force and how they're using it. The first way, too, is when they're breathing, as we mentioned, you're opposing gravity. Now, when I'm crying, you know, the breath now has gone into a cry. Now, again, that you're forcing against gravity. So there's a difference between just being in gravity, just like you're sitting on that chair. You really don't think about gravitational force on your body at all. This is what's interesting about living organisms. You really don't think about gravity. But when I cry or if I yell at you, you know, I'm using a different force mechanism. So now I'm forcing air out. I'm forcing it through my vocal cords. Those are different also milestones, the speech milestones that come into play because your vocal cords were not being used in the womb. So it's a bit baby's first time. But there's a difference between, you know, I see a lot of kids too with, let's say, scarred or uh, partial paralysis vocal cords because they've been intubated or something mechanical that's happened during birth or, or even structural like laryngomalacia. And you can kind of tell these things because uh, the the again the force or the cry is more of a burst ah ah ah. So later on, speeches go now car versus I want to go in the car now. Those little everything that I'm doing right now, from a whisper all the way to a yell, my vocal cords adjust again my force. It all starts out with this cry. This cry forces the vocal cords open in your baby. And it starts giving them a voice. Guess what? You have to hear yourself. If you don't think that's fun, with all the video that I'm doing, and I can talk like this, and I think I sound amazing right now when I talk to you. But yet when I listen to myself, I hear a completely different person. You really have to get past that abnormality in, in what you sound like versus what people hear you at when you want to go on to this, if you're doing a podcast, if you're doing YouTube, if you're being out in the open like I am, you have to get used to, you know, you, you, you can't sound sultry all the time. But again, these are things that you learn. And the first learning experience is through the cry. It's the first time your baby will hear their own voice. 
It's also a good telltale sign, let's say, if they're maybe impaired hearing or visually impaired because the cry can be off. If they're hearing impaired, you might have a child that hardly cries, right? Uh, Suspect hearing because they're not getting that feedback of auditory with their vocals. Also, when I say visually impaired, when a child has issues with vision or your baby you will see lots of times a heightened sense. So their hearing might be even more alert because their vision is poor. And so their cry might throw them off. I've also worked with children that, let's say, have been adopted. Um, And this particular little guy that I'm thinking about, he was adopted from Russia. And uh, again, he forgot how to cry because why cry? Nobody came to him. I'll explain that in my next podcast. These are all things that come into play with your child, allowing them to first feel that cry. And it might be too loud. It might be too forceful. And then they will learn to regulate it. They'll regulate it into language. They'll regulate it into a signal. They'll regulate it into their body system of how they need to be. I have a right to yell at you if I get upset. Or let's say I just want to yell because I'm at a football game there's ways of regulating our voices, but we don't use that all the time. You'll, you'll realize as a parent a little bit later, you'll start saying, use your inside voice, because again, your child's still regulating where they are in space and how they're using their voice. These all come from baby's first cry, going into the babble. Da, 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 da. Well, if a child who's been intubated, let's say, didn't get to have their first cry. A child that's been in the NICU might not have gotten their first cry. Or a child that's even been in phototherapy for a long time, maybe they learned quite quickly that that their cries really didn't mean a lot because nobody came to, let's say, feed them or, or nurture them in that way because they're being medically handled. Now, I'm not saying don't do medical things. Again, I really have to stress, I'm here to talk to you about your baby's movements and how your baby learns to move and how that affects their cognitive awareness. That's why it's a super baby. Movement goes into brains, brain power. If you have any concerns whatsoever for your child, please see your physician. Your pediatrician will be your first line. And if they feel they need to go to a next level, then they will refer to a specialist. There's many specialists that are there for your child's care. If it is an emergency, that's where half the phones say, hang up and dial 911. You go straight to a the higher levels of physicians that are there, what's considered triage, and then they'll decide how your child or baby needs help. So whether it's myself or anybody else, there's a lot of great information on the internet, but at the same time, you have to do what's right for your child. And if you have any concerns whatsoever, like I like to say when people are, I'm not sure we might be going to the hospital. If that word is coming into your mouth, you go. Um, I'm not sure I think we should go to the doctors about this. Then you you call the doctors and you go. I've actually gone to the doctors without an appointment saying, here's my child. Don't Please don't do that all the time. But I was in trouble, right? And I needed help. My son, the reason I do this is he had a massive infection um, that started at 13 months and he regressed to a three-month level. I personally know what it's like to miss milestones or lose milestones. I personally know what it's like to see many kids fail because they're not getting the information that they need. That's where I come into play for movement. 
and I have myself and practitioners around the world. If you need me at all, I'm Michelle at movementlesson.academy. Any social media for Movement Lesson, that's where you're going to find me. Movement Lesson is here. Why it's the greatest gift you can give your child is movement. This is a sixth secret of the 99 Super Baby Secrets. Number six, every super baby needs a good, healthy, strong cry. Now, next podcast, we're going into super baby secret number seven. Crying is a baby's language for needs, hunger, sleep, and comfort. And we're going to start regulating or learning about how your baby cries in different circumstances and what you need to do to help your baby by learning their language. Crying is really important for your baby. Be careful if your child really isn't crying that much. A lot of us brag, oh, they're just so good. I'm not saying make your baby cry, but when they do cry, let it go for a little bit. You don't have to stop it immediately. Let that language comes out. Sometimes they're just, I'm just, I don't know. And they're going into a cry. Don't let them go on and cry for too long because again, it's their language and they're going to start trying to talk to you, which we're going to go into the next podcast. And you want to be there saying, I hear you, I'm listening to you, and I'm helping you. Pacifiers are great, but at the same time, if they just start going, "Uh, uh, uh," they don't necessarily need it right away. Let them find their voice, just like you need to find your voice at times. We are in different situations where we need to step up and offer our voice. That's what I'm trying to do here. It's Michelle from Movement Lesson. This is Baby Movements birth to 24 months. We'll see you at the next podcast. Thank you.